Today's passage, it, um, it features, like I say, an explosion of language. We see people from all nations hearing the good news of Jesus Christ by divine intervention in their own languages. And the point of that occurrence, that actual incident, is what I want us to focus on this morning, just for the next 15 minutes or so, because it is so good to be back in the room together, isn't it? It is so good to be here together, physically, in this place, for all its downsides of masks and spacing and so on at the moment, this is something we've been waiting for for over a year. It's been like Christmas, isn't it? Is it coming? Is it time yet? When can we go back? When's it happening? Now it's real, and we're here, and it's really exciting, and it's wonderful, and it's precious. But there is a pitfall in this we just need to be aware of as we step into this next season. Because gathering en masse together, to worship together, this is not our final destination. And it can feel like that, unconsciously, we can feel like that sometimes. This is not the pinnacle of the Christian life, so don't worry. We have not arrived. Yeah, we're back at five now, so we can rest up now, we can put our feet up and so on. Now is the time, as ever, to press in together to the work at hand, the preaching of his good news and the making of disciples. And that's what I want us just to focus on right now. Because today's day, it's no coincidence, today is Pentecost Sunday, 23rd of May 2021. Today's Pentecost Sunday, which speaks volumes to this very issue. And so I just want to explain, before we read from the Bible, I just want to help set the scene for the incident itself 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. Because uh, I just want to give it a bit of a Jewish context, I want to give it a history lesson here. Because there is a lot, and I mean a lot, under the bonnet when it comes to Pentecost as viewed from a Jewish context. There's a lot more than appears in the text. But one aspect, when seen from a Jewish angle, is to do with the date and the harvest. Because the word Pentecost, it simply means 50th. And it's referring to Pentecost Sunday being 50 days after Easter Sunday. Resurrection Sunday, when Jesus rose from the dead, this is 50 days later. This day, 23rd of May uh, 2021, is 50 days after Easter Sunday 2021. It's always 50 days, seven weeks and a literal day. But before this date became the event that we now celebrate as Christians, what we call Pentecost, it was and still is a Jewish festival. And it's because of this festival, it's known as the Festival of Weeks, because on this weekend. Because of this festival, the Festival of Weeks, it's because of that that 2,000 years ago, many thousands of Jewish people from around the world had descended on the capital of Jerusalem. That's why there were so many there from different nations. They were there for this Festival of Weeks over that particular weekend. And here's what's important to note. Because the Festival of Weeks, today, is one of the three harvests that you can read about in the book of Leviticus, and it occurs 50 days after another harvest festival called the Festival of First Fruits, which occurs on what we would call Easter Sunday. That is the Jewish festival of first fruits. Now that other earlier festival, what that other earlier festival, what if that was sitting there? Maybe maybe not. Yeah, sitting there. The festival of first fruits celebrates the beginning of a crop is that new life is coming. Now, there was loads of blossom on this about two days ago. 
all that wind and all that rain has just got rid of it. There's a little bit here, but actually you can see the beginnings of the fruits that come behind the blossom. There's some apples on here. I couldn't find a wheat shoot, so I didn't go for their usual harvest crops. We've gone for apples today. You can see the little fruit just coming up on the branches here. You can look at that, you see the blossom, you see the first fruits, you go, the harvest is coming. New life is on the way. That is what the festival of first fruits celebrates, or what we would call Easter Sunday. They would call the festival the first fruits. New life is coming. There's a promise here that we're going to see the end of. And so this festival of weeks, 50 days later, it celebrates the reaping of that harvest. We've got a small harvest of apples. You can take one at the end if you're hungry. See these apples, there's a, there's a harvest has arrived 50 days later. And that's what the festival of weeks celebrates. And it's no coincidence in God's calendar that Jesus rising from the dead occurred on the festival of first fruits. Exactly the same date. His resurrection promised a harvest of new life to come. There's more to this. this. This is starting something. And so again, in God's divine calendar, it's no coincidence that the harvest that arrives, that Jesus' first fruit of new life promises, it appears during the very festival that celebrates the arriving harvest, the arriving physical harvest, is when Pentecost, what we would call Pentecost, that incident occurs. Jesus' resurrection promises a harvest of new life to come. And so the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, it occurs on the very day the rest of the nation are rejoicing for the arriving physical harvest. And here we see, in the passage we're going to read, on that day we see a harvest of souls unfolding before our very eyes. So we're going to read from Acts chapter 2 with that in mind. It's going to come up on the screen as well. Just from the beginning of Acts chapter 2, the first one, it says this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, 50 days after Easter, they, the 120 disciples, were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues as, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in, in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven because of this festival. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, 
lifted up his voice and addressed them. He says, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. And he goes on, it's a whole chapter, he goes on to preach the good news of Jesus. He roots it in um, prophecy from hundreds of years before that God would do this. He would pour out his spirit on his people. And he goes on to explain about Jesus who, was, who died for, for our sins and rose again to give us victory and new life. And it's available to these people right there and right then. And it says, verse 41, So those who received his word were baptised, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The harvest had arrived, but Jesus' new life had promised. And so Pentecost is this arrival of this promised harvest of souls. In an instant, the church grows 25 times its size. And to this day, Jesus is continuing to reap this harvest, of which we are a part, and of which we get to play a part as well. The disciples, they were filled with Holy Spirit, and through them he breathed new life into this new-born church. You see, they were gathered not for a holy huddle, or a social club, they were actually gathered in order to go. And this spills out into the streets, spills out into the city, and then sometime later it spills out through persecution. That growing church has been spread across the known world as well. Good news of Jesus spreads and the church keeps on growing globally. You see, the people who needed to hear the good news of Jesus, they heard it in their own individual languages in ways they could understand, as fueled by Holy Spirit. And the same actually applies to us here today. We are gathered here in order to go. That's why we're here. People around us need to hear the good news in ways they can understand, and Holy Spirit gives us those means. You see, today, Sunday mornings, it's just like, it's like a regular rhythm of uh, Sabbath rest. It's a wise thing to follow. And that's about restore and repair following work. But it's also in order to be refueled for the work ahead as well, isn't it? And so it's the same. For that Pentecost Sunday 2,000 years ago and our Sunday gatherings today, they are not just about the now. They're also about what's ahead. And so we all as believers, as God's people, we all need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. As Paul exhorts in the New Testament, be being filled. It's like a car needs regular um, uh, being filled up with fuel. It's like a sailing boat needs wind in its sail. As soon as that wind stops, the sailing boat comes to a halt. We need that. And we all, as God's people, we need to be, we're human. We're easily distracted, we're fickle, we're easily tempted, we're easily stumbled. As God's people, we all need to be reminded on a regular basis of glorious truth about our great God, about his power and his tenderness. We need to be reminded regularly about his holiness, but also his mercy. We need to be re reminded regularly about his purposes, but also his dependability and reliability within that as well. And the Holy Spirit does that through God's Word, through revelation, but He also gives us further gifts for the road ahead as we step into those truths and live them out. You see, this is not, this and what Holy Spirit gives us in terms of gifts, it's not just for our own benefit. It's in order that we might go and make disciples of all nations. People out there are lost and they are missing out. 
And we are here for that. This is what God wants to do. This is his family mission, his family business. And he sweeps us up into that. And so we are gathered here at Vibe, but this is not the summit of our week. This, this in some ways, this is, this is the fueling station to fill us up through Holy Spirit with words, with worship, with wonder, in order to step into the week ahead that he has prepared for us already. Phil Moore is a, one of our New Frontiers pastors in South London. He describes it like, like a football club. And he says, we can treat Sundays like the football match. We're here together, it's brilliant, and then see you next week. But he says, actually, it's the complete 180 of that. It's the complete flip side. Sunday mornings are the training room. Monday to Saturday, effectively, is the football match. Now, while that's a little bit reductive, he put his hand up to that. It helps, helps us understand we can get it flipped the wrong way around. This is about there. And so us gathering together, this is, this is important. And this is precious. And this is not merely us standing out the fuel pump for a topo. This is a vital and sacred thing in and of itself, coming before God together, collectively, and worshipping him and sitting under his word. But this is not the be-all and end-all either. Here's work for us to do. See, us being filled with Holy Spirit is not simply for our enjoyment. It's not simply for a nice feeling. It's to equip us, to arm us, to strengthen us, to impassion us, to embolden us for the road ahead. You think about those disciples. They went from cowering, petrified lo losers before the resurrection, weren't they? That weekend, oh, Jesus is dead, it's over. That we're done. And then they saw him, they met the risen Christ and something changed. But they were still hiding in upper room afterwards. He had told them to wait and they were hiding in upper room and then Holy Spirit comes upon them. And from that moment they suddenly go from these people who are in hiding in many ways, in an upper room, to spilling out into the streets and preaching the gospel in many languages. Why? Because Holy Spirit, God himself, had filled them, thus reminding them of the divine victory they got to live under and live out, and he gave, he gave them what they needed in order to do so. It's the same as in 1 Samuel. We see that wonderful story of David and Goliath, don't we? Children, you can tell your mums and dads all about David and Goliath, you can tell them the story, can't you? Where the Philistines come to um, overwhelm and overcome the Israelites and they present their great champion, Goliath. What is he, nine and a half, nearly ten feet tall? People can think, I'm tall. This is something else. And they present their champion and say, if one of your men can defeat our champion, we surrender. But if our champion defeats your champion, you're ours. And those Israelites, the Bible describes them, they are on one side of this valley of Elah, and they are cowering, they are petrified, and they are like, we are never going to win this. We're done. We're lost. But they go from cowering, petrified losers, they change in an instant. When they see David, their champion, claiming victory on their behalf of him as he defeats the giant, suddenly in an instant they become the ones who chase down their foes until they fall and they plunder the camp. Not because of what they've done, because of what their champion's done. And that's what Jesus, our champion, has done for us. He has secured our victory on our behalf against sin, against death, against the devil. And then he rose again to, to claim and prove that victory and to bring us to new life, a new relationship with, with the Father, to give us what he has. 
And then he poured out his Holy Spirit, as promised, that his church and we today still, in the same way, we might face whatever comes our way with boldness that sprouts directly from our truth. And so Sundays are here to remind us of his victory and of the mission ahead. Our Sundays not only to experience and enjoy, but they are here to, for us to be encouraged and emboldened for it. We are gathered to go and to plunder the camp. So what does that look like? Well, it's individual, in your different contexts, in the workplace, and in the home, and in the family, and in your neighborhood, and so on, but it is also collective. We are his people together. And so, I mean, for example, as a leadership team, we are looking to the future. We're actively praying for what next when it comes to church planting. We've already sent the family to be part of the church planting recently, haven't we? We're looking to, towards what next, and we actively praying together about what next when it comes to church planting. Um, quite a number of us from Beacon Church gathered week before last with others from across our, our family of churches to stir one another up and to encourage one another to pray together regarding evangelism, being witnesses for Jesus and ideas are already sprouting from that. It's about the road ahead, isn't it? But then when we as a church gathered over Zoom for our last prayer meeting in the end of last month, uh, there were prophetic words amongst us as we prayed into this next season as things were changing. We prayed together and a number of us we said to what Holy Spirit was saying to us about us mixing, there was prophetic pictures about us mixing with people on the beach and about us spilling out with more people than before and about God's drawing people to us for us to take their hands and lead them to Jesus. All of that is what, about what's out there, not what's in here, isn't it? And when we moved to Vibe, if you recall, I shared it a couple of years ago, as we moved here, I got the strong sense that God wanted to impress upon us and remind us that this isn't to be a meeting place. This is to be a birthplace. And that's already started. We've seen glimpses of that. We've seen new birth and we've seen salvation. But I'm really, I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more and I believe God's got so much more ahead. Not for us, but for Him. And so Beacon Church, we, we have got a job to do, haven't we? And so this morning and future ones, they are very important, but let's ensure they're not important for the wrong reasons. We have gathered in order to go. And he has promised us a harvest. He said the fields are ripe for harvest. He needs to be praying for the workers. There are, the fields are ripe. There are people out there. There are so many out there who are lost and who are hungry. And they don't know the answer. Bruce Springsteen once sung, everybody's got a hungry heart. He's right. But not many people know where the answer is. We have the bread of life. We know him. <laughs> Jesus, the bread of life, we know what will feed those hungry hearts. And we've got a job to do in, the, in being signposts to that answer, introducing people to meet with him for themselves. So Pete's going to lead us through a couple of songs now. But here's an opportunity to reorient ourselves, isn't there? Just to be sure as we come before him to make ourselves available, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and have his way amongst us and into the road ahead. He's here, he's available, he's willing, he wants to partner with us. Let's invite him. However you want to do that, if you want to stay seated, if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, whatever that might be. But let's just ensure our hearts are, we're just ensuring our compasses are pointing in his direction. Let's see what he wants to do amongst us. Let's just challenge ourselves, let's be honest with ourselves, ask how can I be involved in the mission ahead? What part can I play? We've all been given different gifts, different shapes, different strengths, different weaknesses. Let's work together 
as a team, as a family, stepping into what he's got for us. How can I play a part? And let's fix our eyes on the Lord of the harvest and submit ourselves to him. Amen? Amen. Okay, go for it.